Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us a part of your Wednesday, your game day here on the station. Pre-game starts at 5. The Jazz take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Gordo? What's happening over there? How you doing today, Jake? Let me ask you first. You usually ask me, so I'm going to ask you, how is your day going today? Fine. Fine. Yeah. Good. Just, you know, limiting my uh, interactions with humans. Yeah. <laughs> well, See, the, we, are, we are, what are we, about six feet apart, five feet, uh, you know, maybe too close. But I figure if the only human I actually interact with is you... I'm I'm probably pretty uh, statistically good, right? I well, I hope so. Yeah, and then we're kind of on the same team together, which I think is nice. See, and, that's uh, what, that's what's funny about this this whole thing, Jake. Is that some people say, "Oh, well, I'm young enough; it won't really affect me," or "I I, I uh, am not susceptible." Uh, the problem is that the people all around you might be susceptible, right? Yeah. And we're going to talk about this a lot. In fact, we'll get to it in the split story of the day. It's one of those topics where you don't necessarily want to get to it, Gordon. No. But it is the the dominant topic across the world of sports, as it is the dominant topic across the world of you know, the world. Yeah. So the real we, world. We will uh, talk about it. Uh, we'll also talk about the Jazz game tonight because they do have a very interesting matchup uh, with Oklahoma City. So we will certainly get into that. The Utes just barely lost on a last-second shot from the Mighty Beavs. We were watching it. And the, uh, the Utes run in the Pac-12 tournament was uh, a brief one. Over! But uh, yeah, the the Beavers move on, and I don't know what the uh, what the Utes do from here. In fact, um, you know, kind of combining topics, the the CBI was canceled today, Austin. If I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, so I mean, you, you don't know how many of these tournaments. Maybe the lower level ones are just not going to happen. So who knows? This might be the this might be the end of the road for it, the Utes. It is time to err on the side of caution, in my opinion. But we'll get to it. Seventy-one to sixty-nine. By the way, was uh, was the final against they Oregon State on a last possession shot, which is just crazy. And Alfon- Alfonso Plummer hit eleven threes. Where's that he had been? Thirty-five points. Eleven of sixteen. That's amazing. That's got to be a record. Wasn't he buried on the bench for a while? Yeah. Yeah. So only only made shots were threes. 
Uh, yep. And oh. then two free throws? Yep, 35 points. That's that's modern basketball right there. Well, when you, when you go 11 for 16, I mean, that's pretty amazing, right? Did anybody get a thought on why all of a sudden he was getting such an opportunity? I'm I'm trying to look back at uh, at his minutes, and he certainly started playing a little bit more as the season went along, but he had 41 minutes today and had 30 uh, in their final game against Cal, 8 against Stanford, 24 against USC, 17 against UCLA, 17 against Oregon. So, I mean, you know, here's a guy who played his way into a bigger role where he just crushed it. Oh, I guess it's possible. And if you're going to make 11 threes, you're going to play 40-some minutes. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. All right, so we will uh, we'll talk. How many minutes did he play? I think it was actually, now that you say that, let me. Because uh, there's only 40 minutes. I was looking at a different number. I apologize. Anyway, he played a lot. If it went to overtime, that would be possible. Yeah. They don't have the, the minute totals up on the box score I'm looking at at the moment. So, uh, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, college basketball, certainly, as the Aggies get ready for a tournament that may happen. So, that's nice. Um, you look healthy, though, Gordon. That's, that's the compliment I'm going to give you today. Trying to stay healthy, and we hope everybody does. I mean, you know, the, one of the things about this coronavirus is that um, there are yet so many unknowns. See, I mean, if if you know what it's going to be, and then you can sort of manage your concern a little bit. But uh, a lot of things folks don't know, so it's it is tricky. It is tricky. All right. In fact, um, let's get to it. Let's get to the split story of the day. Let's talk about a, a few of these things, especially what's going on with plans in the world of basketball. Austin, hit it. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Brian, apparently the possibility has arisen of playing game, playing NBA games without fans in the arena just to be safe because of coronavirus. Have you thought about what that might be like? Who? Or, hmm? Who? Who what? Who what? We play games without the fans? Yeah. Like no, it's impossible. I ain't playing. <laughs> I ain't got the fans in the crowd. That's who I play for. I play for my teammates. Play for, I play for the fans. That's what it's all about. So if I show up to an arena and ain't no fans in there, I ain't playing. So they can do what they want to do. Thanks, uh, everyone. Well, it's funny because when I was asked a question of would you play without no fans, I had no idea that it was actually a conversation going on behind closed doors about the particular virus um, obviously I would be very disappointed at, you know not having the fans because that's what I play for I play for my family I play for my fans they're saying no one could actually come to the game if they decide to go to that point so I'd be disappointed in that um, you know but at the same time you gotta you gotta listen to um, you know the people that's keeping a track on what's going on and if they feel like it's best for uh, the safety of the players the safety of the franchise safety of the league um, to uh, mandate that then we all we all listen to it that was LeBron James about facing on the topic as he, of... As he should. He should. Well, he should never have said the thing in the first place. Well, he was kind of joking around, I think, a little bit. All right. Uh, I suppose. But, uh, of course, uh, Golden State becomes the first NBA franchise to uh, say they're going to play in an empty building uh, today, Gordon, and they're going to do that for the foreseeable future. There was also um, a meeting between the NBA and the NBA Players Association and the Board of Governors about how to possibly proceed uh, given the environment. Nothing 
anything really concrete um, has been reported anyway uh, out of that meeting, meeting other than they are, are preparing to do what's best and have uh, kind of provided a variety, a variety of different uh, plans for different circumstances. So we'll see what happens. But uh, they did say in that meeting that it is trending toward the NBA having to play games without fans. Well, listen to Dr. Anthony, I don't even know how you say his name. Is it Fauci? F-A-U-C-I. He's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. And he was speaking uh, in a, at a, a congressional hearing, and he said, quote, the bottom line, it is going to get worse. And then he urged that crowds for sporting events not happen. He said, we would recommend that there not be large crowds. If that means not having anyone in the audience as the NBA plays, so be it. Now, I use that quote in, in a column I wrote at sltrib.com if you want to check it out. Jake, I'm, not, I'm no doctor. I, I don't know, but this guy is a very serious physician. And I don't think he's playing politics here. I don't think any of that's going on. I think he's uh, saying what he thinks is best at this time. And it stems back to the idea that it's unknown how, uh, how problematic this could become. They do know that it's very uh, communicable. What's the right word? That's right. That's fine. Contagious? I don't know. See, this is why t- subjects like this, though, are so difficult, Gordon, because I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with what you've just said, except for that there are enormous consequences right. for doing that. A- enormous consequences for for a lot of different people. I was talking to uh, I was talking to Austin. Um, I've got a family member that just started here at the arena working with the uh, working with the event staff. Mm-hmm. And if there are no events, she <laughs> has no events to be on staff for, and thus you know her life has changed on a very you know. Well, all the concessionaires, you know, everybody who businesses ha- around makes the arena happen right. It is it's, everybody. Uh, it's difficult, and the the you know the the owners and operators of leagues and events and tournaments. This is uh, this is a big deal to them, and uh, but but folks have to look at the greater good. Is is the way uh, it but, should be looked at. But the wheels also have to grind. That's a part of our existence as well. I mean, if everybody just quarantines and isolates themselves for no reason, we do damage to business, com- the communities. We're doing damage to the economy. Oh, which yeah. we're which we're already seeing that. Like there are enormous consequences. If if I mean, imagine in a world, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if the the government had to quarantine everybody, I mean, it it brings everything to a screeching halt. So it's it's really easy to say, you know. We've got to do this for the greater greater good, and even one infected person would uh, make it worth it to do all of this. But the truth is, that's not it. I mean, you have to bring all this stuff into consideration. So I agree with you. You know, if if we really wanted to to lick this thing, this virus, everybody would just stay home. Nothing would happen. The world would come to a screeching halt, and the virus would probably disappear faster than it would if we continued to live our lives. But is that worth it? Is that worth it? 
And hopefully we elect people smart enough to take in the, con- the to consider all the relevant information from the correct sources and give us some instruction. And we can get to this later, but that's why I'm so offended with this governor in Ohio who is a complete hypocrite and is just uh, uh, playing with people's fears. And it's ridiculous. Well, when you see responsible parties uh, eliminating crowds, uh, that, that tells you that this is more than just some sort of overreaction. I mean, you saw today that the uh, LDS General Conference will be, no one will be there, I guess, you know, as far as a crowd goes. You're seeing this, like you mentioned, with the Warriors. You're seeing this with the Indian Wells tennis tournament that was canceled. These people don't want to cancel their tournament. We, we talked about it yesterday with the Ivy League tournament. I mean, the, the, these are functions that affect a lot of people. As you said, and they don't want to—they don't want to cancel this. They don't want to limit the number of people that can get in there. They want to—they want business as usual. But sometimes, Jake, you got to err on the side of caution. And when this first started, I thought it was a bit of an overreaction. I'm not sure that it is an overreaction anymore. I think they got to get this thing beat, and they got to find out a little more about it so that they are more prepared to beat it in the future. And I'll tell you, if you're going to look ahead. I wonder not just about this particular virus, but other things that c- come up. You know, I don't want to become that, that guy who's just freaking out over everything, but it makes me wonder what else is in store for the world. I mean, this isn't exactly the Black Plague. It's not the Black Death from, uh, from you know, the uh, bubonic plague uh, that, that struck Europe and Asia and Africa back in the 14th century, but—, but but people don't know enough about it yet. And that's why I think they're proceeding with caution, as they should. Do you disagree with that? Proceeding with caution, I mean, what what does that mean and whose decision is that to make? I have no problem with what the Warriors are doing. Well, I have no problem with what uh, the LDS leaders are doing with their general conference. I have no problem with uh, Indian Wells, those, those uh, managers down there saying, nope. We're not doing it. We're shutting it down. And some people might think it's an overreaction, but talk to the people who have had relatives who've died. And they'll tell you that that's, I mean, it's not just people in in uh, retirement homes or whatever you want to call them. You I know, agree. It's other people, too. I agree. But at what cost and what way is the best way to manage it? I think those are things that need to be considered other than just that there is a okay. virus that has a mortality but, rate. But at this point, you're looking at a situation where all the information isn't in yet. And so it's like your car rolling toward a stoplight. And you've got to decide whether you're going to step on the brake or whether you're going to step on the accelerator. And if you don't make a decision, then you're, you're in trouble. You've got to go one way or the other, and that's what people are doing. And they may not – it may not be what some people are afraid it, it, it could be, but it might. And if it is, who wants to see that happen? So a decision has to be made. By whom? By whoever's in charge. The powers that be. But who is that – well, let me let me put it this way, Gordon, because like – and and this is a longer discussion probably than we have time for but life is about life of, is about sacrificing freedom for security and at what rate right 
I mean, I that's that's how it is, right? I mean, we we sacrifice freedoms to have a police force because it's for the greater good, and that police force can impact the freedoms of citizens because that's the bargain we make with society that there's going to be some sort of oversight, right? So, at what point does this fear of this virus uh, deteriorate your freedom to do what you want? And at what point do you make that bargain? And whose voice? Is it that you listen to and because, listen, they're in this and this is scary in in New York right now. There's a town that is basically under quarantine by the right. National Guard. Yeah. That's really serious. That's yeah. that that is a really serious sacrifice of freedom. People aren't allowed to to go where they want to go because the government is forbidding it. They're sacrificing their freedom for the greater good it. of society. But so Jay, who makes that decision? Okay, if I'm well, the NBA, I say we'll follow all. The direction of all local authorities. If San Francisco does not want to hold these type of events, then we will absolutely listen to them. But if there are other communities where there isn't a big pandemic and there isn't a cluster and they want to have NBA basketball, we're going to do it. Well, the NBA can do what it wants. It can. It can not. If it wants to not have people show up for games, then it can. It's. It's their endeavor. They can make that choice. It's uh, left to them. And so, Jake, uh, you talk about freedoms and freedom. Why are any laws enacted for the betterment of society? And so what happens is that sometimes in this case, uh, if if this thing spreads and it's as contagious as some people think it is and it spreads, then that's to the detriment of society. And so someone steps in and makes the decision about whether that risk is worth it and that and that's what laws are for. That's what government leadership is supposed to be for. These exact circumstances. Hmm. Right? So there's always... But are, I mean, they, I can are enact, they these circumstances? Well, I, well I, can, I can enact a law that says, okay, uh, illicit drugs are now legal to anyone. There, you have your freedom. But then, uh, you know, those who are charged with making these kinds of uh, societal decisions, they step in and say, whoa, that... That's going to have a detrimental effect on all kinds of things within society. So they enact laws. And so what are, are, should we live by a society that just allows complete freedom to anyone who went and then infringes upon the rights of others because they are adversely affected by that freedom? But that's what's dangerous about panic is because you sacrifice those freedoms when it's not necessary that, because that it's, it's group think. That and that's, that, that's yeah, dangerous, that, yeah, too. I get it. But that car is rolling toward the intersection and something has to happen. But as you point out, you don't know that. Well, right. And, and so sometimes if you don't know, then uh, then the powers that be have to come up with a decision. And in the case of the NBA, then it's Adam Silver and the owners and they can figure that out. In the case of various uh, cities and towns and uh, you know states, then uh, leadership will step in and make that decision. It doesn't mean everyone's going to agree because everyone never agrees. But that's the role that government leaders are supposed to play, right? And I guess that's my point. You know, hopefully you have the right resources in place where the decision makers, and we could argue about who those decision makers should be. I don't think it should be the NBA, but that the decision makers can... It is their league. Yeah, right. And they can do what they want with it in and, that case, and, especially when you're talking about about the safety and welfare of, of uh, customers and players and coaches and, you know, uh, everybody at the arena. 
I agree. They have the freedom to do what they well, want. You just Correct. said they shouldn't. I don't think they should. Well, it's their league. I said they can. I don't think they should. Do you know the, the difference okay. between right. those words? Right. Adam Silver can do whatever he wants. And if they want to limit the risk of their league to exposure or whatever the case may be, then knock yourself out, right? The government can't tell you what to do either. But do I think if I were the NBA that that would be my tr- first choice of action given the consequences? No, I don't. I think the reason that this is happening the way it is is because of the unknown. And the fear of the unknown. Now you can call it panic if you want. I, I, you know, when you have this doctor who's the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases recommending uh, to stay away from large crowds, I have to assume he's a little more informed than I am, and the average American, and the average American sports fan. Uh, it's a lot of credibility and power to give an individual like that, but I, I think he should be listened to. But I, okay, but if you follow that logic all the way to its conclusion, roll out the National Guard. Nobody leaves. Nobody goes anywhere. Well, Nobody that, goes to work. Yeah, but he's talking Nobody about... Nobody does any of that he's, because... He's talking about large crowds where uh, I think there would be but, a, a greater chance for spreading of the virus but do you get the point like where is that line drawn then and who draws it and that's why what that the governor of ohio did is so offensive where he's banning fans from going to any sporting events including the ncaa tournament which is not going to have fans in it by the way that's news we found out about an hour ago uh but uh but outdoors Sure, outdoors is fine. He owns a minor league baseball team and he's friends with the owner of the indians so he says yeah outdoor events are cool indoor events not so are you suggesting it's self-serving what he's doing here, or do you think he is truly concerned for the people in his state? He, in particular, it's obviously self-serving. and so uh, he's, yeah, But now you're assigning motivation to him that may or may not exist. Do you know if in being indoors or outdoors has any effect on how this disease is I, transmitted? I, no, yeah, either does he. Well, so according to this doctor, that well, he was speaking specifically of something that was indoors. I don't know whether being outdoors is any better. You're still all surrounded by thousands and thousands of people. Correct. So I don't. So know. this guy, this guy, this governor decides he's going to look decisive and like he's going to do something about it. But really, is he doing something about it, or is he trying to make political hay by looking like he's being active? I don't, I don't and know. That, and I'm not sure that you know either. Well, then why wouldn't he ban all get-togethers? Why would we say, oh, outside's fine. Give me a break. <laughs> I don't know. You either do I, it or— I can't read his mind. You either do it, do it or you don't. It's either necessary or it's not. And who makes that decision? Well, I guess he thinks he is. Well— I don't have much faith in his decision <laughs> because it would look like there's a lot of self-interest. And, and that's what I'm saying. You hope you elected the right people on all levels. The people who are, who are actually responsible for making decisions about this, you hope that encourage, it's correct. Encourage everyone to vote. Yeah. Put people in positions of power that you think are responsible who have the greater good in mind. And for politicians out there? Put aside the crap and handle it now. You know what, what bugs me about this is a little bit is, is everybody's looking to blame somebody. And it's like, okay, we have a lifetime to figure out who's to blame for what. But what are we doing? Who's in charge of what? Who's handling what? Who's making the decisions? And how are we going to proceed? 
Yeah, I'd say that uh, fixing the problem is a lot more important than blaming someone. And the extremes that you go to fix the problem, that stuff matters. And so just cavalierly saying, well, we're not doing this across the board is reckless. It's reckless. Yeah, it, it, it depends on your point of view. Well, I some I, people might think it's reckless. Some people might be, think it's being judicious. Let's let's keep this on a sports front. What about your small athletic department that relies entirely on its check from the NCAA tournament? Uh, that, then that's a difficult thing. So, are you willing to make that type of sacrifice? I mean, if you're if you're an athletic director, that's why this stuff is so difficult. I get I get it. I mean, no one's saying this is easy. But again, the car's rolling toward the intersection and somebody needs to make a decision. Because if you just let it proceed willy-nilly, like it's not like there isn't any issue at all, then what happens if it does spread and then people are looking at leaders saying, what the hell were you thinking? Why didn't you do something? Right? I, I think it's the car is rolling toward the I intersection. I think it's dangerous Jake, to think that way. I think it's dangerous to think that way. I really do, because you don't know what that intersection yeah, but, is. Yeah, and but I get it's the analogy. Either way, it's dangerous either way. It could be potentially. Why was there not this reaction to the swine flu? Why was there not this reaction to SARS? Why was there not this reaction to MERS? I mean, I well, let's, there was a lot of concern about right, but let's not get crazy. Well, we didn't but, cancel the entire NBA over over SARS. But let's is, not get nuts. Is this, is this affecting uh, the American public more than those did? Uh, not the swine flu. Is it spreading more quickly? Is it more devastating? The swine flu killed like nine thousand people in the U.S. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe people have learned uh, some lessons and they want to avoid that. Didn't the swine flu, did some of those things die out because of a more mild uh, climate? Well, uh, it did not have, well, that happens, by the way, with colds and flus. When it gets warmer, it, it can help combat what's going on. But the swine flu, a lot of people had it. So the mortality rate, the percentage you look at was not crazy mm-hmm. we we talked touched on this yesterday the scary yeah. part about the coronavirus is right now it has a three percent mortality rate ish i haven't seen the latest uh numbers today and that's pretty high that's higher than say sars mm-hmm. but mers had a like mortality rate of like 30 percent, but nobody had it so i mean well at what point do you want to sacrifice what you do what you want to sacrifice your freedoms in the name of safety no i i and, understand and there's, but but somebody has to make the decision, and if they th- observe the situation, and, and they have to make a call. So who is that? Well, in the case of the NBA, it's the NBA, unless they're being somehow advised by local government officials who are telling them, man, this is a bad idea, this is out of control, and we don't know how to figure it. So and, there so, are... and so they take that into account in making their decisions. Now, let me make very clear before I say this, I'm speaking for myself and probably... Uh out of turn but should the jazz have to lose millions because there's two cases of this virus here in utah three now thank you austin and maybe the answer is yes by the way but there there are consequences yeah i know there are and they're they're serious i know all i'm saying is jake this is not to be trifled with and uh, i whether you agree with uh, the cancellation of events or the prohibiting of fans to be in attendance 
I'm not saying everyone's going to agree, but uh, whoever is in charge, whoever has that responsibility and that authority, you hope they make the right call. And it's very difficult from our position to make that call ourselves. I understand your concern, but I also understand the, the, the concern for the greater good and what the potential is for spreading this uh, this this really bad virus. All right, we'll get to more uh, coming up. We will talk about basketball on the floor with the Jazz taking on the Thunder tonight. Stay tuned. It is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Today sucks. There's no other way around it. I'm here in Vegas. It's raining. And BYU's had a lot of bitter disappointments in football and basketball this season. Is this the bitterest of the bitter? Was there a football loss that was bitterer? Or is this the bitterest? There were bitter football losses. I thought that Hawaii loss was a bitter loss. This was the bitterest of football and basketball losses. You thought you were going to win. You had that game. You're in control. You could never put them away. And that was nasty that they couldn't do it. There's no football loss that equates with this loss in terms of being bitter. This was bitter. It was the sourest of the sour, my good friends. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Band of the day today is 311, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Get it, Gordon? It's 311 day. I get it. March 11th. Yeah, that's yeah. clever. You got it. Yeah, yeah so we're going with, going first, with 311 today. I remember the first time I talked about 311 on the air, I called them 311. Did you really? It might have been with you way back in the day. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, 311. I had to be informed about 311. What are we going to do on Pi Day? Is there a band called 3.14? What, when is Pi Day? Is that Saturday? The 14th, which would be Saturday. Saturday yeah. mm-hmm. Well, Carson, well that, Carson's will enjoy some pie. Well, that's good news for Hans, who can avoid the pie jokes this year. That's great. <laughs> uh, real pie, quick. Pie's good. I'm, I'm a big fan of pie. Quick clarification, and then we'll talk about the Jazz actual game tonight. I got a tweet from Gordon, who says, Jake. Not me. Uh, no, this is from Gordon J. Sterling. He says, Jake, state governments have authority under 10th Amendment of U.S. Constitution to take steps to protect public safety, health, and welfare. In the law, these are called state police powers. So under these powers, state officials can cancel events, quarantine individuals. Uh, yes, I, I'm well aware of that, uh, that we have ceded those powers to elected officials. But we were talking about who is making these decisions. And you, you hope the people that you elect will um, use those authorities yes. when appropriate. appropriate. Yeah. So, Everyone yes, I, for that. I understand that. But there's a lot of disagreement about that. <laughs> well, you know, those various circumstances. But 
And let's not forget who's ceding those powers to the government. We are. For example, let's say two cases of the chicken pox break out in on one block and the government decides to send in the National Guard to said block and, you know, take extreme measures and lock down the whole city. Well, then that governor is probably not going to be governor for very long. Right. So it's you hope the people who have the authority to do the things you're talking about, Gordon, not you, Gordon, Gordon, Twitter, Gordon, will exercise their authority appropriately. Like you said, Indeed. perfect word. Mm -hmm. But that's by no means an easy decision and no means made correctly all of the time. That uh, we can all agree on. We should get you a tank, Gordon. <laughs> Your no, Gordon needs another vehicle. You're Gordon's right. Gordon's next. His next car should be a tank. What Why? kind of tank? What am I going to do like, with a tank? I don't like know, a like, Panzer? Like a, like a Sherman or no, something? Yeah, no. If I'm going to have a tank, give me the give me the Tiger. Give me the big one. The Panzer, yeah, yeah, yeah. or oh, the Tiger, yeah. Yeah. When you want it, like more? Are there any Tiger tanks left in the world? Well, I'm sure there are left in the world, but maybe not operational. Anywho, yeah, a, a tank. That should be the next one. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Just so You're into status symbols. It's the ultimate status symbol. I am not into status symbols. And who says a tank is a status symbol? Who has a tank? Would you? Do you think you'd pay more to transport that tank here than you did to transport your car here? Yes. Okay. I do. What do you think? Thanks for bringing that Would up. you tip? <laughs> You tip a tank guy? Do you tip a tank guy and what do you tip him? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But here's, even here's a missile. Tip a canoe and Tyler too. Huh? <laughs> even your uh your neighbor and personal friend Spence Eccles doesn't have a tank. At least I don't think he does. I d I don't know. I've never asked him. Imagine rolling up his driveway in a tank saying, Do you have one of these? What I wouldn't want is one of those little Sherman tanks, you know? I mean those were those were just like little econo tanks. Uh, See, I, here's I, if you're going to get a tank, well, I, not even a tiger tank anymore. You would probably want the uh, what are they called now? They're named after the general something. So those those are bad boys now. Those tanks now they can do all kinds of things. I, I What's love the, Abrams? What's the tank they're using these days? I, don't, I love it how you totally disregard the American-made tank for the German model. No, no. The, the, the one I'm talking about, the one now, the modern no, Abrams I tank. I know, but the Sherman. The, Patton. the Sherman, the tank that won World War II, you just turn up your nose at. <laughs> well, those were itty-bitty little sort of... Who won, Gordon? <laughs> well, that was the thing that the, uh, the the US of A could manufacture those suckers uh, real quick. And what turned the but, tide? But if a tiger, oh, there's an Abrams, yeah. If, Abrams. Yeah, that, it, that's yeah. a bad boy now. But uh, if you know, if one of those Tiger tanks had blasted a Sherman tank with one shot, it would have blown it to smithereens. And unfortunately, we lost some valiant soldiers on account of that. You know what country has the newest tank in the world? Britain. No. Who? Turkey and South Korea. Ooh. Have uh, the Altay. Mm. Uh, it's okay. Just because it's the most recent tank, does it? I mean, it's the best. It's only by a few months over the Abrams. But anyway. Okay, well, that Abrams tank, that, that can do darn near everything, right? Uh, can it go in water? <laughs> uh, that I don't know. They tried that at D-Day. They tried to float those tanks yeah, ashore, and that didn't work out so well. Um, I mean, they might have worked if they were floating across Utah Lake, but, uh, you know, the North Atlantic uh, is a little uh, more unforgiving. If you're just joining us, uh, there was some breaking news about an hour ago. The NCAA has uh, decided no fans will be in attendance during this year's NCAA tournament. Uh, only essential staff and limited family 
attendance. And so uh, that's kind of big news today. We'll we'll get more into that, uh, the NBA aspect of it. But we do need to actually talk about jazz basketball. Before, we should do that be- coming up next. Before we do that, real quick, let me ask you, how weird would that be for a player to be playing in front of an empty arena? I wouldn't think it'd be that weird. It would be like playing for the Sacramento Kings. How many people have made that joke about various... Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. The Atlanta Hawks are used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, what do the Kings draw on these days? Maybe they draw a lot. I don't know. I always thought the Kings were well-supported. Maybe so. Oh, all right. They were back in the day when the Jazz used to play them in the playoffs. That was a, a raucous atmosphere there with more cowbell. The Oklahoma City Thunder are a lot better than most of us thought they'd be. They sure are. They're going to make for a tough game for the Jazz tonight. We're talking about it next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Alfonso Anderson. Are you a one shining moment guy? Do you like that montage they do every year? Oh, yeah. That little commercial fires me up a little bit. <laughs> See? Yeah, no doubt. Growing up as a basketball player, now you've always wanted to be in this spot. Here you go. You guys know you're going to be dancing. <laughs> What's going through your yep. mind? What are you going to do to try and get on one shining moment, Alfonso? <laughs> you know, just play hard every day, really. <laughs> like, I remember growing up in elementary school, the, uh, the teacher would throw it on the, the TV in class, and I was the one that was always too distracted and didn't do the schoolwork because I was watching March Madness. <laughs> For me to be here right now, to be in a situation, it's good, and I just got to take advantage of it, you know? Just continue to work hard until we get there, and when we get there, do what I know I can do and perform well. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 1280 the zone thanks for making us part of your day want to remind you zero res leaves no dirt attracting residue behind so your carpet stay cleaner longer schedule your cleaning today for just 33 dollars per room and if you clean three rooms your fourth room is free call zero res for details tough game for the jazz tonight on the road taking on oklahoma city one of the hottest teams in the league and i i've got to admit gordon they're way better no, I don't know if they actually want to be better, but they're way better than I expected at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and uh, look at the guys uh, on this roster. They're pretty good. I mean, it, I don't know why we were so down on them because, I mean, they got led by Chris Paul. This team, it has people, it has players who can score. It's got, uh, it's got a tough guy in the middle. It's got... It's got what you need to win games. Now I don't think they're talented enough to to, to win the Western Conference, but look at the roster: Shea Gilgis Alexander, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder is having a terrific year. Uh, Gallinari, he averages over 19 points a night, and then Stephen Adams is Stephen Adams. And the reason, well, and they've got a ton of assets because. I mean, they got a sweet deal back from the Clippers. Now the Clippers got a sweet deal in return because sure. they may win a title. <laughs> but they got two players, the Gallinari and Gilgis Alexander that you just mentioned, and four draft picks on top of that. I mean, that's a haul. They have 
Uh, 15 draft picks over the next seven years. First round draft picks over the next seven years. That's crazy. How many teams in the NBA do you think would switch spots, switch situations with the Thunder? Probably a, a bunch. lot. A lot. Yep, because they're so set up for the future, and they're doing much better than expected this time. Well, at the, this point, the the problem they run into though is that at least three of those key players, maybe four, probably four, aren't going to be a part of the future. So it's kind of this weird, you know, limbo period because Chris Paul ain't getting any younger. Uh, Stephen Adams, uh, Dennis Schroeder, probably not part of the long term picture. Shea Gilgis Alexander, they're going to build around. Yeah, they definitely should. You know, I, I got to uh, I got to uh, admit my guilt. I didn't think the Thunder were going to be that good, and I thought taking on Chris Paul's contract was burdensome. It's still burdensome. It is, but he he's playing. He's 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 a terrific clutch player, and uh, as much as people think that he's kind of a pain in everyone's butt, he's a pretty fine leader. The reason we all thought that they would stink is we all just assumed they would spin off all their assets, which they should have done. <laughs> uh, but they, they chose not to. And in a small market, I'm not really going to blame them because they've got to put butts in the seats to combine a couple of conversations. That matters a lot to the yeah. bottom line for smaller markets. They need that gate. That's a big part of their budget. So if Oklahoma C- City wants to stay relevant and sell some seats while they can, I'm not going to blame them because they also have plenty of assets stockpiled. But what they should have done was spun off Chris Paul and Steven Adams and even Dennis Schroeder because they're valuable players. Oh, and certainly Gallinari. How many teams would want Gallinari right now? Everybody. But do you say that even knowing what you know right now? Yeah, where are they going? Well, I don't know. They're, they're nipping at the Jazz's heels. You're the one who told me that the Jazz should trade half their team last year to get Mike Conley to, because they weren't contenders without him. Yeah, but I thought the Jazz were in, in a better position to do so. But, but in, in their in their rebuild from the time Dennis Lindsay got here, it wasn't half the roster. But your point was is that if you're not trying to contend, what are you doing? Right. And Oklahoma City is never going to contend with this roster. Uh, so what are they doing? They're tougher than you're giving them credit for. You you think Oklahoma City has a legit shot to win the title this year? No, but they're awfully good. I mean, it's not like when the but, Jazz, it's not like back in the day when the Jazz were had all those veterans on their team and they were barely making the playoffs with the eighth position in the West. This team is is fifth right now, and it could go up to fourth. And it could maybe, if everything goes right, win a first round series. <laughs> well, at some point you got to compete, Jake. Which was my point for all of last year. <laughs> Which you you absolutely dug in your heels. I said, enjoy the ride, Gordon. You're not going to be better than Golden State no, anyway, Gordon. No, hold on. Oh, what's the hold point? On. No, but the Jazz's trajectory as a club was coming to a point where just fiddling around in the middle there wasn't going to be good enough anymore. They needed to make progress. It was time to make progress. And so that's what they, and they agreed with me. So, it's, so that's what they tried to do. So it's, Why? Because they're smart. So it's okay to fiddle around in the middle just for a little bit. Yeah. Come on. Step by step. Come on. Step by step, my friend. You take it step by step. And when your steps stall out at a certain point, then you got to do something. That's what the Jazz did, as they should have. Now, whether it works out for them this year or not, I'm not sure, but. Step by step. Indeed.
Well, regardless of how good they are this year, they're going to have to rebuild that whole roster, whether they want to get started on that process now or later. Who are you and talking about, Thunder? The Thunder. Right. And the truth is, if they can acquire assets by moving their players of value who are not part of the future. Yeah, and if, or, they, if they do that, then they do that. But they've got all those draft picks that you were talking about. They do. They could have more. So the, <laughs> You always want more, don't you? But hey... If you have those kind of draft picks, you can turn, you know, let's say you have eight draft picks and it takes four each to get an impact player. Maybe you can get three impact players if you have 12 first-round draft picks. I mean, all that stuff matters. This is one thing you got to understand, my friend. Not every uh, sort of philosophy fits every circumstance. It's about timing. It's about timing. So you were right last year and now. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you're getting at? I can come along with that. That's all right. I'm here. I like to be right all the time, too. I just want to make one thing perfectly clear. (laughs) I'm always right. Join us coming up tomorrow in Orem at the Warehouse from 3 to 6, 86 East University Parkway. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The great Craig Bowler-Jack. It's been an interesting season to this point. It's been up, down, up, down, up, down. Jazz win, what, 19 of 21. Then they drop five. They win four. They drop, you know, either you're winning or you're losing. But I think consistency's got to be there from here on out. The time of talking about we're still learning about each other, we have to figure things out. You know, time is starting to tick, and the games are starting to really kind of run away from you. So you can't afford uh, to have another drop. This is where you want this team to hopefully they've been through the rough time now they figure things out and you make a really strong run and play your best basketball before the postseason catch hans and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network